Well, I enjoy doing that. Would you turn this morning to the book of Ephesians? If you didn't bring a Bible with you, would you uh, hold up your hand and use one of ours? Turn to Ephesians. Well, you want a 30-minute message this morning? I can do it. <laughs> what are y'all laughing? Didn't I, didn't I do it, Mike? Huh? A few weeks ago I did one. Yeah. Yeah, Phyllis said y'all didn't get out to 1.30 last week. Wow. That makes me look short, doesn't it? I mean... Well, some things have been going on around here. Can you sense it? There's been some, there's a, there's a stirring, and uh, you just have the, a sense of urgency, and that the time is short. And so we, uh, we need to be, and must be, about the Father's business, and not be distracted by a lot of other things. Because soon and very soon, all this stuff that people are spending their life doing is not going to mean one thing. It's all going to be gone. And only that which we did for the kingdom of God and helping people and serving God is going to last. So let's, uh, let's see to it that when we leave this world, we have some reward. And we have some folk coming with us. Ephesians 4. We've been on the subject for some days now, some uh, weeks I should say. The subject of growing up. Everybody say growing up. And if you haven't been with us, then there's quite a few messages that we've already gone through, and you can those are available in the Word Supply, and you can download them for free on the uh, Internet, and there's all kind of things for free there if you care to take advantage of that. And Ephesians 4 has been our text So let's read it. Ephesians 4, verse 7 says, To every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he says, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for. Why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, a mature man, a complete man, fully developed man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What will you look like and sound like when you grow up fully? The master. Right? That we henceforth be no more children. Are you supposed to be a spiritual child for 40 years? No, you're not. You're supposed to develop. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. May grow up, somebody say that. May grow up into Him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Said out loud that we may grow up. Look at your neighbor, tell them, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Then tell them, okay. Okay, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm growing up. Let's pray and release our faith further. Before we go into the Word, how many believe God has something good for you this morning? You're not limited to what I know. Let's believe God together. Let's get revelation. Let's get light. Father, we're all here this morning before you. Our eyes are not on each other, but on you. We're looking to you. Give us ears to hear, eyes that see, heart open and receptive. Let there come into us a supply of the Spirit, revelation and light of the Word, answers to questions, solutions to problems, direction for right now. We ask for it. We agree together as touching this thing that we ask, and we believe for it, 
And we've purposed not to be hearers only, but we say in advance, what you show us, we purpose to do it and to put it into practice. And we know if we do, we'll be blessed because you're so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Say it out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Every time I say that now, I think about that little guy <laughs> came up to me in that, that church. He had been, he he'd visited the church here. And I was speaking in a church where he was, and his grandpa said, well, tell Brother Keith. And so he come up and he said, I do a God. I said, huh? He said, he said, I do a word of God. Said, What's he saying? He says, I'm a doer of the word of God. Little bitty guy. I'm a doer of the word of God. I said, yes, you are. <laughs> Is it God's will for us to develop, for us to grow up? Is everybody growing up in the body of Christ? <laughs> is it possible to have been born again and be, uh, you know, maybe you got born again when you were 12 and now you're 65 years old. Is it possible to still be a spiritual baby and yet you're in a 65-year-old body? Yeah. And that's what's confusing to a lot of people. They're looking at somebody that should be mature by reason of time, but inside they're not. They're immature. Spiritual development and growth is not automatic by reason and passage of time. And we've gone over this. We've talked about a number of things about spiritual infancy. And we've talked about spiritual childhood. For the last two or three Sundays, we've talked about putting away childish things and childish ways. And I want us to go on to another category today. Are you ready? Hmm? Five people are ready. Are you, you think we're ready? Or? Yeah. yeah, okay. We talked about being a spiritual infant. What do infants need? As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow by thereby. But do you know a lot of people that got born again, they've been in church for 10 years and they still hadn't got fed yet? They've heard a lot of sermons, but they hadn't got fed? He didn't say desire uh, information on politics and social reform. Hmm? And clippings and thoughts and poems from popular literature. What? The sincere, the genuine, the real milk of the Word of God. You, babies begin to get that, they're going to grow. They're going to grow. Babies need to be cared for. They can't do anything for themselves. Babies can't handle much. We talked about that. But if you begin to, if they get fed, they're going to grow. Then as they grow, you keep feeding them and let them get some exercise. They'll continue to grow in throughout the childhood uh, stage. And we've seen that children have childish ways. And uh, children don't get uh, privileges that adults do. They don't get to do some things. They don't get to use some things, be involved in some things that adults do. And spiritually, that is so true. There's so many things that God wants to uh, allow us into and, and allow us to be a part of, but we've got to grow up. I said, we've got to grow up. There's been some questions that I asked the Lord. And He answered me 20 years later. I asked him a question 20 years before, and 20 years later, he begins to talk to me about it, answering my question that I asked. Of course, you know, if a thousand years is like a day to him, how long would that 20 years have been since I asked him? Not long at all. But as he began to minister to me about it, I saw why he didn't answer me 20 years before. I wouldn't have known what he was talking about. Did you know that three-year-olds and four-year-olds can ask questions that even though you know the answer to, you can't tell them? You could tell them, but they wouldn't know what you're talking about. Do you ever have to tell them, well, you know, when you get bigger, when you grow up some, then you'll understand. And sometimes they look at you like, why do you keep saying that? Because <laughs> it's true. Because <laughs> you, you don't relate right now. 
And spiritually it's that way. It's why the Lord has not been able to talk to a lot of people about a lot of things. Because he could tell you and you wouldn't know any more after he got through telling you than before. You got to grow. Got to grow to where you can understand it. Now let's go on to another category. There is infancy. Just spiritual is just like natural. There's infancy. There's childhood. And there's also those teenage years. Right? Can you hit teenage years, so to speak, spiritually? Yeah. And a lot of the characteristics are the same. And one of the words that you'll find in the, uh, in the Bible is the word young, attached to young man, young woman. And if you look it up, you'll see that's the category of person he's talking about. We'd say teenage, uh, early teen and teenage to young adult. Well, let's talk about being young spiritually and how to grow up to that point and then beyond that point to spiritual adulthood. Go to Acts, the 20th chapter. Acts chapter 20. What are some characteristics and indicators that you are a spiritual youth? Well, here's one. (laughs) Acts 20. Acts 20 and verse 9 says, There sat in a window a certain what? What are y'all laughing about? <laughs> y'all already read this story, had you? A certain what? What kind of man? Now, it says it again that he was a young man. Anytime the Bible emphasizes that and repeats it, then there's emphasis not just on that he's male, but that he's what? He's young. And so, hence, you know, the application of being young spiritually. A young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep, as Paul was long preaching. (laughs) Now, what's y'all laughing about that for? (laughs) Well, while you're laughing, you better pay attention to the rest of the story. While Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep, and he fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. (laughs) What y'all laughing about him being dead for? (laughs) Paul went down and fell on him. And embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and did what? I thought he'd already preached a long time. (laughs) Talked a long while, even till break of day. Now we've never had a service like that. Huh? It'd be scriptural, wouldn't it? Wonder how many would stay awake. Well, now the reason why I ask that is because there are a lot of people that, you know, they're 50, 60 years old, but when it's nap time, by golly, it's nap time. And when it's bedtime, I can't stay up. That is not a characteristic of adulthood. I know I, I, I grew up in a home where my dad worked night shift. I, my, some of my earliest memories, I, was, I wasn't walking and talking good, I don't think. But my dad come in at 2 in the morning and bring home popsicles. <laughs> and we'd eat popsicles at 2 in the morning. And that's how I started out. And so I, I'd stay up late, and, and I worked some night shift things, 
you know, in my early years. And so I would say, well, I, you know, I'm a night person. And still, I can stay up late. But I said that one too many times. And the Lord said to me one day, he said, what if I want you early in the morning? I said, well, uh, I'd be available, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, then you're not just a night person, you're an anytime person. You've got to watch about setting limits on yourself. And you've got to watch about being so rigid in your routine. I mean, some routines are okay, but there are times when you need to stay up. And there are times when you need to get up. Right? And you need to have your body under control. Can you say amen? Uh, Eutychus couldn't stay awake. Characteristic of a youth. The NIV said the young man was sinking into a deep sleep. The, the New Living says he became very drowsy. You ever been there? Finally, he sank into a deep sleep. The English says as Paul kept on talking, Eutychus got sleepier and sleepier until he finally went sound asleep. And fell out of the third story to the ground. And when they picked him up, he was dead. Selah. (laughs) Think about that. Does the Bible talk about spiritual awakening? How many remember that he said, Awake, wake up, thou that sleepest. Rise from the dead. Christ will give you light. Somebody say, wake up. Say it a little stronger. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Did did the Lord say that? Wake up. Rise up from the dead. Why why rise from the dead? Well, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart years ago. He said, most of the world is either dead or asleep. He's talking about spiritually. Most of the people on the planet are either spiritually dead or they're asleep. Either way, you are not aware of what's going on. Spiritually. Not aware of what God is doing in the earth or what He wants done. And have you ever noticed somebody that's in a sound, sound sleep? They can look like a dead person. You lay a dead person and you lay them sound asleep, they look the, they're, they're moving the same. They look the same. And so there are a lot of people that are saved, but they're spiritually asleep. You can't tell any difference in their life and a person that's not saved life. They're asleep. They're not awake. Oh, but there are a few people in the planet. They are alive and they are awake. Oh, come on. They know what's going on. Glory to God. And we're living in a day where a lot is going on. You, you need to be awake. You don't need to miss it. That's right. Say it out loud. I'm alive. I'm alive. And I'm awake. I'm awake. Spiritually we're talking about. Glory to God. So a characteristic of spiritual youth, one of them, is not paying attention. Right? And not controlling yourself. Go to Titus, if you would. Look at this. Titus, the second chapter. Sit out loud. Pay attention. You snooze. That's not a scripture. <laughs> but there's something to it. The proverb does talk about sleeping away your hour of opportunity. So the principle is there. Titus, the second chapter. Verse 6. What does it say? Titus 2.6, what does it say? Young men, young ones, exhort what? To be sober. 
minded. Now, someone other than King James, we, we, don't, we don't get all that. The RSV says, urge them to control themselves. The Moffat says, tell the young men to be masters of themselves at all points. Was Eutychus mastering his body that night? No, he, he let the sleep overwhelm him. And he yielded to it. And he went sound asleep. And he missed the message and died. And had to be raised up by the grace and mercy of God. Can you get in trouble by not paying attention? Hmm? By yielding to your flesh. Should you master your appetites? Should you master your desires? Should you control your mind? See, children and little ones have a short attention span. But those who are developing and growing up, their attention, they can, they can sit and they can focus for longer periods of time. Right? And that's one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of churches, you, you dare not go in there and speak over 30 minutes. They'll pitch a fit. Right? Why? They have the attention span of a gnat. If you're going to develop spiritually, you must develop powers of concentration, focus. Have you ever noticed you get down to pray? You know you should pray more than two minutes. You got something on your heart, you know you should pray. And you get to pray in and you pray what you know to pray with your understanding and you run out real quick. So you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're praying in tongues and your understanding's unfruitful. So while you're praying in the Spirit, your, your mind's doing this. And goes, hey. Hey. And if you're dumb, you'll go, what? Hey, such and such is going on. We're not going to miss that, are you? My program's coming on TV. Hey. Hey, and if you're easily distracted, your prayer time's over. Your body's got a voice. You're supposed to be praying, and it'll go, hey, 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 my knee hurts, quit. Hey, I want to lay down. I won't go to sleep, honest. Just let me lay down. <laughs> I'll go, hey, hey, I noticed there was some chicken in the refrigerator. I'm hungry. Let's go. Get, I think we'll pray better if we get some chicken. And if you're easily distracted, you'll never pray to amount to anything. You sit down to read your Bible. It'll be the same way. There'll be 932 things that can distract you and pull you away. And if you're easily distracted... You will not grow, you will not develop, you'll not get what you should get in prayer, you won't get what you should get in the Word. You're antsy, you can't sit anywhere for any length of time, you've got to be moving, you've got to be doing something, you've got to go, go, go. Characteristic of undevelopment, spiritual youth, immaturity. As you develop, though, you've got peace. You can focus in on something and stay there all day long. Are you with me now? You can lay before the Lord for a day and a night. Or three days. Can you see a whole lot of people have not grown up? I know uh, years ago a, a young man was staying in our house with us and we were endeavoring to help him with some things. We took him to church with us. And he was sitting with us and the, the pastor began to speak and minister the word and he walked over to where we were sitting to not far from us and I mean and, and was looking the direction of us and the young men that were sitting beside me and started on some things that were I mean specific for this young man in his life. It was it was not his main topic and message he was on, it was another area, but it was a word from the Lord. At that same time, there was some kind of little distraction or emotion behind us, and this young man turned around completely in his seat and is looking at it. And as the moments were going by, I'm thinking, this young man's missing this. He is not hearing a word, and this God is moving 
particularly for him. And I started to reach over and tap him and go, you know, are you listening to this? And the Lord, Lord dealt with me, no, don't touch him, leave him alone, just watch this. Watch and learn. And so the pastor went on for, I don't know, seemed like five minutes. And then he turned and walked back to the uh, pulpit and continued with the, the message he started with. And the commotion stopped and the young man turned back around. He did not get one word of it. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, this is happening all the time. He said, I'm speaking to people. I'm answering their prayers. I'm answering their questions. But they never know it. They never see it. They never hear it. Because they're not paying attention. The same thing is true. How many times people have had accidents, they've had problems, and when it happened, they said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Well, here's a big question. (laughs) Why didn't we pay attention to what we got on the inside and make the adjustment? Well, it's a characteristic of spiritual immaturity and youth. As you grow up, you begin to pay attention. You pay attention to what you get. You have powers of focus. And when you're in church, brother, you're in church. You are here. You ain't thinking about eating or bills or work on Monday. This is it. And when you're praying, you're that way. And when you're in the Word, you're that way. And when you're doing what the Lord told you to do, you are not easily distracted and deterred. You pay attention. And no matter how sleepy your body gets or hungry it gets... You are the master over your feelings and over your desires. And if Paul preaches all night long, then you are not going to fall asleep. Hmm? Because you are not just a youth. Can you see this? Okay, let's go on. Look in Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke chapter 15. Let's look at another characteristic of spiritual youth. Sit out loud. Stay awake. Stay Pay, attention. Pay attention. All right. That way you don't miss things. You got any youth in your house? <laughs> or have there been times that they were they didn't pay attention? Hmm. Yeah. Luke fifteen. Luke 15 and 12. Well, verse 11. A certain man had two sons. And the what? The younger. The young one. Said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divides unto them his living. A characteristic of youth is impatience. Impatience. I know we got some youth in here, but do you remember being a youth, those of you that are a little older than that? Y'all going to help me with this? Huh? Did you experience any impatience when you were 13? Hmm? 14? 15? What were you thinking? Man, somebody tell you, it's it's only going to be two years. You'd go, what? Two years? Oh, I can't wait two years. Only two more years and you can drive. Oh, I've got to ride with mama another two years. Impatience. But impatience is a big problem. Impatience reveals lack of faith. The Bible said through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Well, what about through haste and impatience? Well, you'd miss stuff, right? Impatience is characteristic of the flesh. Your flesh wants it now. Right now, don't tell me, wait, now. 
So you're not interested so much in sowing and reaping because you just want it right now. Don't tell me I've got to plant and wait for the harvest. Investments. What do you mean? We're talking about 10-year returns. 20-year returns. Man, I'll be, I'll be 30 years old. That's old. Impatience. And see what, what goes with that. You start yielding to the flesh in impatience. It just kept going, didn't it? He said, I want my money now. He didn't want to stay there and work with daddy and tend to the farm and tend to the family business and wait to things to work like they were supposed to when he was old enough in the trans. No, I want my money. Now give me my money. So he did. And what did he do? Time to party. Right? We're talking about youth. Right? What did he do? He went straight and bought that car. Right? And he got those new clothes, the cool ones. Hmm? And he put the, the, the sound system in his car. And everybody could hear him a mile away. And he got him a lot of blame. Right? And he went to the hot spots. And he found him some new friends. Youth don't discern who's a friend and who's along for the ride. He didn't have any friends. Did he? He thought he did. But his money had friends. Isn't that right? And when he was, I mean, he's the one paying the bills. He's the one rolling the spread. And when he is down and got nothing to eat, nobody would give him a bite. You remember that? None of his party buddies would even buy him a Happy Meal. (laughs) Which means he didn't have any friends. Have you, have you seen? Young people or teenagers leave stable friends that they grew up with but are not wild enough for them and get in with some people that's supposed to be cool and don't have enough sense and discernment to know these people don't care whether you live or die. They're just using you. But youth don't see it. Spiritually, the same thing is true. It's sad to say, but in the churches, there are users... And if you're popular, they want to be your buddy. If you're seen, they want to be around you. They want to be known. They want to be associated. But if you have some trouble, who? <laughs> the Lord's dealt with me to stay away and not get involved in that. You don't know who your friends are till it's a tough time. Till you're not popular. Till you messed up. Hmm? Then you find out. And sometimes it's not a nice revelation. <laughs> but it's part of growing up. Can you say amen? amen. Well, we're not shouting too much about this today, but it's still true. Isn't it? Verse 13. Not many days after the what son? What kind of son? The young one, he gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country and there he did what? He did what? He had a chunk of money. He could have started a business with that money. He could have sold a bunch of that money into the kingdom. Right? Here's a characteristic of youth. Waste. Waste. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever wasted anything? As you grow up, you quit wasting. Now, you don't get stingy, but you just don't waste. The, the people around the ministry here, they know this. I've told different ones of them at different times. You know, when it comes to spending money on the kingdom, there is no amount that's too much. You know, and you don't get the cheapest, you get the best. 
But I don't mind spending money like water to do the work of God and to get the best. But I don't want to waste $5. It bothers me to waste it. Why? That's somebody's offering. Right? It's not okay to waste any of it. He's wasting his time. He's wasting his money. He's wasting his friendship on people that don't care anything about him. He wasted his substance with riotous living. You know that that verse that we just read that said, Young men exhort to be sober-minded. If you look up that word, it has to do with being sane. (laughs) Being sane as opposed to insane. And, And that's a popular word now, isn't it? That's insane. Hush your mouth, boy. Talk right. Have you ever noticed what is popular and cool? Man, that's wicked. Why say that? Because somebody who didn't know any better said it a long time back, and they said it in such a way, and the enemy influenced the people around them and said, That's cool. You ought to say that. So now you got people all over the world going, that's wicked. And people think that's the right way to talk. Christians don't need to be talking about wicked. Hmm? No. Or bad. I'm bad. No, you need to be good. <laughs> wicked means twisted. I don't want anything that's twisted. I don't want to be twisted. I want to be straight. Right? Straight. Sound. Solid's a good word. Solid. That's all right. I like that. (laughs) Solid. But think about what you're saying. Don't just say stuff because other people say it. That's a characteristic of youth, isn't it? They're easily influenced. And they want to be like their peers. And don't even discern whether all their peers are are doing good or not. They just want to be like that. To be accepted. Well, accepted of who? Whose standard? You know, it's real popular. To do things with your body. It's real popular. Dressing a certain way. But ask yourself the question, who am I trying to be like? Are they trying to be like Jesus? And don't take anybody, any man, any woman, any boy or girl, and set them up as your example. I want to be just like them. No, you don't. You want to be like Jesus. You want to be like the Master. If there's a person that you respect and think highly of, that's great. But the reason why is because to some degree, they're like Him. So go ahead and lift your eyes higher above them and become like the master. Everyone that is perfect, perfected, developed, mature will be as his master. Can you say amen? Okay, one last thing here. You got time for another one? You're in, uh, go to Matthew, please. Matthew 19. Youth, don't pay attention. They're not in control of their body and their appetites and their feelings. Youth are impatient. Youth can be wild. Act insane. Short-sighted. Blow all their money on nothing. Think people are their friends and they're not. But you don't have to be that way. You can be a godly youth. Right? You can be an example of the believer. You can be full of the Holy Ghost. You can be led by the Spirit. Hmm? And while other youth are just young and dumb, you can be getting revelation all the time. And the Lord deal with you. No, don't go with them. They're just wanting to use you. And you can just smile and go, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go to the house. I was so and so. You have to stay in the house with mom. And you just smile and go, I like my mama. Hmm? Not be insecure. 
Young people, let me tell you a, a secret that a lot of folks don't understand. Do you know one of the biggest things that makes people attractive? One of the biggest things that will make a man or a woman, young man, boy or girl, attractive. Confidence. Confidence. People don't respect somebody that's trailing around, trailing around behind them, trying to imitate them. They don't respect that. It's if you know who you are. Right? You don't blink your eyes. You don't lower your voice when you say, yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah, you ought to be too. Yeah, I go over there at that wild Faith Life Church, tongue-talking bunch and prosperity-believing. Yeah, that's me. That's us. Man, we have a big time. You ought to come see. Thank you, Lord. Hmm? Not intimidated to smoke or to drink or to do drugs or to have sex. You just look people down and go, no, I'm not that dumb. No. And not have to explain, not feel intimidated. Well, it wouldn't be popular. What is popular? What are you talking about? With a few kids that don't know which end is up. For three years, they don't see each other again. What does it mean? But see, when you're a youth, you don't know the difference. That's one reason why youth should have good parents. That if they'd listen to their parents, and youth take advantage of the experience and wisdom in your parents. Go to them and say, hey, Dad, I got this going on. And this guy said this to me, and this one, you know... What do you think? Dad, don't freak out. Mom, don't fall off your chair and start screaming. Did you hear me? And don't act holier than thou, like you weren't a teenager and did some insane stuff. Or almost did. Right? We ought to be, we ought to be, our young people ought to be benefiting from our experience, right? And our wisdom. And there ought to be freedom enough for us to communicate and talk and love and faith and grace and mercy. And we ought to have answers, solid answers, not our theory and our opinion and our experience from the Word. Solid answers. That's what our whole youth uh, program and department is based upon. Phyllis leads them, and they have questions. Young people have questions about life. God has answers. They're in the Word. And every issue that comes up, they take it to the Word. And then it's settled. And that's how you live. Boy, I wish somebody had done that with me more. (laughs) But we didn't know. Thank God for what we had, but we should be advancing all the time. You want to come back next week and get this next one? Huh? You got time? Hmm. No? Did somebody say no? You're already in Matthew 19, aren't you? This won't take long. We had extra things to do today, didn't we? I mean, we had to speak the blessing over our children. Man, I do not just do that to be doing something. I believe the protection of God is on those babies and those kids. I believe the favor of God. We all stood up. We presented the child before the Lord. We acknowledged God. These are not just rituals. Something happens and it follows them throughout their life. Matthew 19, are you there? Matthew 19 and 20, there was a young man, you know, that came to Jesus. What kind of man? Young man. And he said, good master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? You know, he asked him about the commandments. And verse 20, verse 20, the, the what kind of man? Young. young, 
young man said to him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said, If you'll be what? We've learned that word perfect means complete, so that nothing is lacking. The completion. He's a young man, but is it God's will for him to come on and develop and mature spiritually and develop? If you'll be perfect, do what? Go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And when the, when the what? See, he didn't just say man, he says... Young man heard that saying, he didn't do it. He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Oh man, I've seen this. Impatience and wrong priorities. He did did not discern what was in front of him. What was available for the master to say? Go liquidate your stuff. He's not asking him to take a vow of poverty. He's not telling him he'll never have anything again as long as he lives. When you sow like that, what's going to happen later? But it was a problem in the young man's life. Obviously, it had too much of a place in his life. He was trusting in it. He was holding on to it. And he needed to break free from it and demonstrate that Jesus was Lord. And that God was first. And what did the master say? Do what? Liquidating in what? Is he offering him a place? Is he offering him a place with him in his ministry right now? But the young man did not see what he was being offered. And thought his little money was too much to give up for that. The names of the apostles are engraved in the foundation of the holy city. Forever. The ruling and the reigning in the kingdom of God. All of us have opportunity. This young man goes, I, well, I... I can't give up my money. I mean, did not know through lack of discernment, lack of maturity and understanding, did not discern and see what was in front of him. I've seen that. We've had that already here, just in the four years that we've been here. People that God called to help and do things and something came up and they're no longer here. And it's not like they went from here to do some bigger and better things in the kingdom of God. If they did, I'd just be shouting and happy for them. But they went from doing things for the Lord to doing nothing for the Lord. That can't be the will of God and it can't be okay. But they didn't discern the opportunities. You know, we've talked about Phyllis and I had the opportunity to serve with uh, Brother Hagin and Miss Aretha. For a number of years. And you know we, we knew it was a good thing. While it was happening. But every year since then. And since dad has gone home. Man you see what a privilege it was. What an opportunity. But when you're young. You don't realize how much is going on. You don't see the value. And the preciousness of your opportunity. Remember Jesus talked about. He said they didn't know the day and hour of their visitation. They didn't know the opportunity that was in front of them. Spiritual children and youth can be that way. Not discerning. Oh, but you can be like the other guys, the disciples who did follow. They got up, they left all, and they followed Him. Do you think they've ever regretted it since? What do you think in heaven right now? You think they said, boy, I wish I'd have held on to my business in my mind. Are you kidding me? Oh, they're so thankful that when they had that opportunity, they said, yes, thank you, I will go with you. Oh, can you say Amen. The Lord told us, I'm growing this church up quickly. Do you believe it? Which means we are discerning 
the preciousness of the things of God and the opportunity of the hours and the associations and the times and when you have an opportunity to serve the Lord and do something in His things and with His people, don't let anything keep you from it. If it costs you all in the natural, you do it. I said you do it. You do it. I know of several people that were this close to retirement with uh, benefits and walked away from it and lost it because God directed them to do something and now they're so blessed they don't even think about that little retirement. I've seen people miss God over a house. Miss God over a place. Wouldn't leave. Oh, I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't leave my people. Oh, I couldn't do that because, you know, on Tuesdays, I always do this. And on Thursday mornings, I always do this. Had a lady tell me that one time her and her mother came in and uh, uh, one of them was terminal, pronounced by the doctors, just a matter of days to live, they said. And, and they wanted us to pray. Well, in talking with them, I saw they're not ready to pray. They're, they're not ready to release any faith for healing. They're not thinking right. I said, well, the healing class in school is going to start in just a few hours. Could you stay two hours? Could you stay? They said, oh, no, no, we're going shopping this afternoon. Well, could, could you come? Could you come this other time? Well, no, no. Uh, we're going to work in a flower bed. They just got through telling me they got days to live. They don't value the word enough to even give God an hour of their time. That is not having any spiritual discernment. That's not knowing what is important. That's being spiritually asleep and unaware. Say it out loud, not me. Not me. I'm alive and I'm awake and I'm growing up. Stand on your feet, please. Glory be to God. Oh, let's thank the Lord. Let's praise Him. Let's bless Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Lord. Oh, bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's sing something. Y'all got anything to sing? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, nothing is more important in this life than you, than your things. Show me what's important and what's not important. Show me what is childish, what is immature, and what is mature. And thank you. For helping me to grow up quickly and solidly in Jesus' name. Oh, just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be Everybody sing it again, I shall not be Oh, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Oh, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted.
Father, I pray ere this service conclude for any and every person in this place or watching or hearing that has not been born again, that does not know you, I pray that you would draw them right now by your spirit, reveal to them their lost condition, help them to see they're not okay, and show them what you've already done for them, that the price has already been paid, and if they'll just believe and receive, they can be gloriously saved. Draw them, I ask right now. I pray also for those that have known you and for whatever reasons they left you. We say they backslid. And they're not in fellowship with you. They're not living right. Hadn't been living right for some time. Show them how cold and far away and out of fellowship they really are. That they're not okay. But that you love them still. You'll forgive them. You'll cleanse them. It can be better than it ever was if they just come back to you. But they must come back. Draw them, I pray, in Jesus' name. With eyes closed, nobody looking around. Friend, if I'm praying for you and God's dealing with you this morning, and you'd say, yes, Brother Keith, that's me. I've never given my life to the Lord. Would you raise your hand and let me pray for you this morning? There'll not be a better time than right now for you to get this right. You're watching by TV or internet, raise your hand. If you say, yes, Brother Keith, pray for me. I need to give my life to the Lord. Or pray for me, Brother Keith, I need to come home. I need to get back to the Lord. Either one of these. If that's you, raise your hand. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes, others that should join these. If God's dealing with you now, don't put it off. Don't delay. If you say, yes, Brother Keith, I can't say if I died right now, I know I'd go to be with Jesus in heaven. If you can't say that, you need to raise your hand. Or if you hadn't been living right and you know you need to get back to the Lord, raise your hand. Don't put it off another moment. Oh, you can have peace this afternoon. Yes, you can know that you know. You can be sure. This is too serious to play games with. Hallelujah. All right, okay. Here's something else. You might say, Brother Keith, I'm a Christian, but I've never been filled with the Spirit like I hear you all talk about. I don't speak with tongues. I haven't experienced this power like you all talk about. Well, it's for you. This is available and belongs to every believer, every Christian or to be filled with the same spirit you're born again of and speak in tongues and have power to be a witness. If you say, Brother Keith, I believe that, I want that, raise your hand. We'll pray for you today. Real simple, if you haven't had this experience, your hand ought to be up. Glory to God. Yes, we'll pray for you. God will hear. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now listen, with eyes closed, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to do it this way. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words... I'll be ashamed of you. Paul said, if we deny him, he'll deny us. Strong words. But he said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father and his angels. So it's not okay to be a closet Christian. You've got to be willing to stand up before men here, at home, on the job, at school, and don't care who sees and knows that you're a believer. You confess him before men. He said, I'll confess you before the Father. So because of that, if you lifted your hand, or you should have lifted your hand on any invitation. I want you to be bold and unashamed, and I want you to stand. Stand up right now. Please stand. If you're watching my TV or internet, stand up out of your seat. Stand up and step toward the screen. If you're in here and you raised your hand, don't, don't delay. If you raised your hand, get up right now, please. Stand up. Show the devil he's not your boss. Show the Lord you believe in him. To give your heart to the Lord. To come back home to the Master. To come and get filled with the Spirit. Right now. Right now, please. Stand. If you lifted your hand, or you should have, please stand. Those of you standing, would you open your eyes and look at me? I want you to be bolder yet. I want you to be unashamed. Would you find that aisle and come meet me right here face to face? Let me pray for you personally. Would you please come as we sing? Come on. Won't take long. Come right now. Oh, come to Jesus. To give your heart to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Come get filled with the Spirit. You make me.
ashamed of the Lord. I want you to just close your eyes right now. Forget about everybody and everything except you and the Lord. He is here. He is real. I'm going to pray for you. And all you need to do is expect him to do what we're going to ask him to do for you. Expect him to do it. And what he's done for millions, he'll do for you. Christians, reach your hands out toward these and believe with me. Father God, we pray for these and we pray for all those watching by internet or TV that have reached forward and raised their hand. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them today and getting them to this place. How you love them. You knew they'd come. You knew they'd say yes. You knew they'd come back or desire your fullness. And so you've watched over them and spared their life so many times and got them to this place today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you said those that come to you like this, no way would you refuse them or reject them, or turn them aside, but because they, be, they come drawn of your spirit, they come believing on you, they are accepted in the beloved. We act on your instructions right now. Everybody say this out loud. Affirm or reaffirm your faith. Say it watching my TV. Say it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus that he died on the cross. He paid the full price for all my sins, I believe you've raised him from the dead. He's alive right now. King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus, you are my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Every sin, condemnation, and guilt rolled away, washed clean by the blood of the Lamb, name in the Lamb's book of life. Thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Guys, that's done. Would you look at me just a moment? This is not all. Uh, some of you came to be filled with the Spirit. All of you need to be filled to overflowing, full of power, just as excited and, excited and wide-eyed as the rest of us. And you will be. I got a place of ministry just a few steps around the corner I'd like for you to go to. Won't take long. People train to touch base with you, answer your questions, make sure you're satisfied before you get away. Would you do that? Turn to your right and follow these, these folks, the Pearsons. Won't take long. Would you go with them right now to receive the rest of what you've come for? Everybody stand up in the crowd. If you prayed with us by TV or Internet, let us know. Email us, write us, call us. Let us shout with you and get in a good church and begin to grow up in Him like you're supposed to. Can you say amen? Well, are you glad you came to church this morning? Good. Sure beats sleeping in. <laughs> we know we've grown some because we got out of bed and we made it here this morning, right? And we're going to just keep on growing until we are fully mature and becoming like the Master. Well, y'all want to sing that again as we go? Or? All right. Let's sing as we go.